Growth is the only way to unlock your true greatness, not only to yourself, but to the world. I'm your host, Candace Lamb, and I'm here to encourage you to explore the possibilities of your best life, what it looks like, and what it takes to get there. I've gathered successful leaders all around the globe to ask the questions we all want to know about business, wealth, health, and relationships. So settle in. You're listening to the Growth and Greatness Podcast. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Growth and Greatness Podcast. I am your host, Candice Lamb. The Growth and Greatness Podcast, as some of you already know, is a weekly show where I have the privilege of interviewing leaders from all around the globe who have discovered the secrets of success in business, money, relationships, faith, etc. you name it, to inspire you to unlock your inner greatness and live your best life. So our topic tonight that I'm so excited to bring to you all is finding your authentic voice. My guest tonight is an amazing woman. Her name is Chanel Burroughs. She is a pastor, a motivational speaker, a songwriter, and a recording artist. Now, throughout the course of her life, she has had to navigate many seasons of change that have enabled her to drill down to the truth of her God-given voice. So I'm so excited to welcome her to the show. Everybody, please help me welcome Pastor Chanel Burroughs. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hello, hello. Pastor Chanel, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Me and the Growth and Greatness crew, we're so excited to have you. Oh, well, thank you so much for inviting me, for asking me to be a part of this. I tell you, Candace, I'm just so taken by everything that God is doing in your life. This is amazing. So first and foremost, congratulations on launching your new podcast. This is awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to have you be a part of it. As you know, our conversation tonight is finding your authentic voice. And honestly, when I came up with the idea or when I had the wave of inspiration to do this topic, your name was the first name that came to mind. So I'm super excited to be having this chat with you tonight. And I want to kick right off into it because, you know, there are certain people in my life where we could just talk. And this is one of those relationships, so I don't want to belabor the moment. So tonight, my first question for you is really one where I'd love to just hear your story. So can you tell us a little bit about your own journey of finding your authentic voice? Absolutely. And you know what? Before I get started, let me give a huge shout out to my husband. He's right here with me. He's always supporting me. I love you so very much. You know, we got to do that, girl. So, (laughs) (laughs) But yes, talking about the question that you asked me. So I was explaining to you earlier that we kind of grew up in the era where you had a lot of female preachers, but growing up in the South, being accepted in the culture, it wasn't like a big to do. You know, as most of you know that our women, you know, we really felt like the pushback at the time, especially living in the South. And I remember one of the leading voices that God started to raise up then was a woman by the name of Dr. Juanita Bynum, Y'all know her. She's very popular even now. And I remember being so taken by her boldness and by her willingness to just be herself and just speak her truth. And even at the time, a lot of people weren't really being real, you know, in their sermons and in their conversations. And here this woman was, you know, she started preaching about no more sheets. And all of us young girls, we were like, oh my God, you know, we've never heard anybody talk to us like this and preach to us like this. And not only did it motivate us to want to experience freedom, but it also motivated us to want to walk in our call and to want to walk in, you know, that same boldness. And so, you know, it led us to kind of imitating her style because we all wanted to be like her. We admired her. And there's a saying that we have that imitation is the first form of flattery. 
And so, you know, this is what we did. We were definitely flattered by, you know, her ministry and just by her life. And so we just imitated her as much as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's my journey. She really helped me to be able to find my voice and mm -hmm. really be able to discover who I am and to be confident to walk in that. So prior to experiencing the ministry of Juanita Bynum, like mm -hmm. what were some of the female voices that you were hearing and how yeah. did you know that those weren't the voices that you wanted to imitate? Okay. The, oh my God, this is good. Okay. So of course, Joyce Meyer, I think that all of us grew up on watching her television shows on TBN. I definitely admired her, but her style of preaching, it really wasn't, she was more like a teacher. Every now and again, I think I heard her prophesy like a few times and it kind of like took me by surprise because I had never seen her operate like in that gifting. But even though I admired her ministry and I thought that what she was doing was great, I didn't want to imitate that because I wasn't never a teacher. I've always been a preacher. And then you had people like Sarita Jakes. Oh my God. Like we all sat back and admired her. I remember going to the woman thou art Lucy's in the nineties and just sitting back and admiring her. And when she would take the mic, she wouldn't preach, but she was saying enough to keep our attention. But mm -hmm. still, you know, it was somebody that I admired, but it wasn't somebody that I was going to imitate because once again, you know, that wasn't like the kind of preaching that I would do. Another one, I think her name is Gloria Copeland. Now she was bad. She was bad. But Juanita Bynum, girl, she took the cake for mm -hmm. it all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you say that for a couple of reasons, especially for those of you who are out there and you feel like you have something on the inside that is like bubbling up and you're yeah. like, how do I do it? What do I do? You mm. know, similar, similar to you, Pastor Chanel, I remember coming up and not really seeing voices like mine. So the difference between you and I, like, I'm not a preacher. Mm -hmm. I am that teacher. And so yeah. I grew up seeing women who were like more preachy. And I was wow. like, but I'm not going to do that. Like, Come I'm not going to be yeah. screaming at y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to be screaming at y'all. When I go to communicate the thing that is in my heart, because it doesn't come in the package that the people who enjoy hearing preaching, you know what I mean? It, sometimes I it just falls flat and people are like, okay, thanks. I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that it's encouraging to know, number one, if you are on a journey to find your authentic voice, to get exposure to mm -hmm. a lot of different kinds of voices so that you can find one that feels similar to what you're trying to do, not yeah. to pattern yourself after them forever, but at mm -hmm. least it gives you a little bit of a framework to be mm -hmm. able to find your style yeah. instead of just feeling like I don't have a place and I don't mm. have a voice because I don't show up in the way that others show up. Yeah, yeah. So my next question for you is, when did you know that it was time for you to shift from imitating the voice that you admired mm -hmm. so much? When I went to Bible college, I went there to seek some different things concerning my life. I wanted to know exactly where did I fit exactly what it is that I'm called to do, you know, outside of just preaching. Am I called to the marketplace? Am I called to go into full-time ministry? And so in all of that really helped me to be able to find my journey. And I tell you the other thing that brought out my voice, and this is where a lot of people, you know, it can kind of become scary because it starts becoming personal, but just life itself, you know, warfare, my God, warfare and life and the fire, all of those things combined, it would really bring you into who you are supposed to be. And it will cause you to begin to start talking about the thing that you're passionate about, talking about the thing that, you know, you were born to do or walking in the thing that you were born to do. And so all of those things combined together over, you know, the, uh, the course of time, it really began to bring out my voice. I love that you talked about going through hard times and experiencing yeah. hard things and that being a valuable component to bringing out your authentic voice. I, I think too oftentimes 
our goal is to avoid hard things. <laughs> mm-hmm. We want to walk right by them. Like, no, 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 please. Nope. As a matter of fact, I feel like it's the goodness of God when I don't have to go through. So I'm like, Lord, I know you are too good for me to be walking through these valleys. (laughs) This is not the Lord. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not. But the Lord really, really, really does utilize those points of trying and those points of fire to really bring out the voice that he's placed on the inside of you. I know that you shared with me a passage of scripture that came to you when we started talking about this. And I think that it's important to share that. Would you please? Yes. Yes. So God, he began to, when Pastor Candace had asked me to be a part of this immediately, God had taken me to first Corinthians chapter three, 12 through 17. I won't read it all because it's so long, but it basically talks about how everything that you have built on top of the foundation, which is Jesus Christ, it will be tested. Verse 13, I can read that. It says each one's work will become obvious. For the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire. The fire will test the quality of each one's work. And so in reading that, you know, the fire, it comes to reveal what is authentic in your life. Because a lot of times, you know, we have things in our life that we think is God, but it's really just a good idea or it's really just a good opinion that someone had for your life, something that they suggested for your life that was really a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. And so I find that in life, what God will do is he will take those things through trials and through tests and by through fire, even relationships. You know, I've had people in my life that I would have sworn up and down, they were going to be with me forever. But then the fire showed up and I saw that after the fire, they were gone. Now, it doesn't mean that they were bad people. It just meant that they were only seasonal. They were only supposed to be there for a certain time in my life. But where God was taking me, you know, that relationship, it had to be cut. It was unnecessary because it can weigh you down. Sometimes good ideas, because they're not God ideas, they can end up weighing you down. They can end up hindering you and holding you back. And so the fire, it comes to test what is authentic in your life and what's not. That is so true. That is so true. How many of us, I'm just going to raise my hand. I'll just speak (laughs) for me though, for me. How many of us have ever put our words on something, put our opinion on something only to then later have to live that thing and realize that what we spoke was spoken out of ignorance. Because it's all fun and games when you are living your life by theory. It's Mm -hmm. all fun and games when it's all just a concept. And sometimes the Lord will use fire to burn up the stuff that's not beneficial, right? Because even we don't know that it's not authentic. Even we don't know that it's not the truth until he's like, "Mm -mm, look at this. (laughs) look at this this idea that you have about how the world is supposed to work it's not bearing up under the weight of the fire Ah. okay it's not bearing up under the weight of the pressures of life that means you've got to go back you've got to reassess the things that you thought the things that you're saying they're not it right and so i love the fact that you said that the other thing that the lord put on my heart about this topic tonight and i think it's so important for us to identify it is this When we start talking about having our authentic voice, that means that it is the real voice, right? There's no faking, there's no facade, right? But when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, your authentic voice is not your opinion. The model that we have in scripture is Jesus Christ when he says, I only say what my father says. I only do what my father does. Right. And so I think some of us, because the world has kind of taken on this campaign, like, yeah, use your words. You can do it. Go girl. Use your authentic water, all this stuff. We start to think that there is an authentic voice that we can tap into that's outside of the interests of God. Yeah. But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, that means you have given your life to him. That means that your life is no longer your own. Paul said Mm -hmm. it like this, it's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. So if Mm -hmm. Christ is living in you, then you don't have an authentic voice outside of his. Come on here. Come on here. My, my. 
Just a point. Just something to think about. Yeah, just a point. Yeah. <laughs> That's just good. Something to think about. So I know that we kind of started talking about ministry, but I think that in different phases of our lives, we have to encounter our voice in different ways. So one of the things that I'm curious to know about, because you are much better at saying this than I, how did you find your authentic voice as a mother? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy because it's just something that we're like born with as women. And so when the moment comes like, you know, when you begin to mother, you know, the child that you birthed, or even when you even become like a spiritual mother, for instance, it's like, it's just innate. It just kicks in. It just kicks in automatically. And so, yeah, with that girl, that was just something that just happened. You know, it. Did you have to navigate the opinions of your mother? Right. And the other women in your community, because I think that that becomes the resistance to the voice that you're cultivating, because I think Um, every I'll just speak from my observation, but it mm -hmm. feels like the women that the seasoned women are wanting your voice to be an echo of their voice. Mm -hmm. And in some cases that works, but in other cases, it's not as helpful. And Mm -hmm. so how were you able to navigate those differences and what was your journey like there? Okay, so it's amazing because there were scenarios that I have faced and I remember facing when I was when I first became a mother and then you know when they transformed into their teenage years. A lot of times, you know, I stop and I say, Man, what would my mama have done in this situation? Or I remember when I was at this age and I was thinking the same way or I was acting the same way. What did my mom do? So I do find that the way that she raised me, I do find that a lot of times, you know, I will sound like her or I'll remember her wisdom or I'll remember, you know, how she dealt with me and I might imitate that. You know, it's something because we grew up in the day and age where our parents, you know, they discipline a little bit different from how we discipline. Some people will say, oh, you know, they were wrong for that. I don't really look at it like that. It was just their way of doing it. It did steer us in the right direction. But whenever I see my kids, you know, make some choices or make some mistakes that I made when I was their age, I could either, I find myself either saying, you know, what would my mom do or what would my dad do? And maybe following after what they did. Or sometimes I find myself saying, you know what? I probably won't deal with it the same way. Let me deal with it like this. It's crazy because when I first had Matthew, which is my third son, I had to discipline one of my boys and my mom just so happened to be here in the house with me, helping me with Matthew. And I must've said something just like her and she just started laughing and I'm looking and I'm like, what's so funny? Like, this is not a funny situation. And she was like, she said, all right, Lola, because that's her name, Lola. And I thought I was, and I remember thinking to myself like, oh, wow, I must sound just like her. And so, you know, it's an honor. It's a privilege. She really, her and my daddy really raised us very well when Amen. it comes to wisdom and everything. That's awesome. That's awesome to be able to have that testimony. Reverend Lashana put a comment in. She said, we've got to be the mother that God called us to be. We can Come listen on. to the wisdom of others and discern the way that we should go. Come and on. I think the point that you're making Uh, Reverend Lashana is absolutely right. And I think that it applies to so many areas, right? The question is how much of our voice is an echo of where we've come from and how much of that is appropriate. For some of us, we can say, I was really raised well, and it's an Mm -hmm. honor for me to echo the voice of my mother. In other situations, I'm like, what is that doing in there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did that come from? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. <laughs> man, man, man. So we talked about mothering. We talked about ministry. I think the next question that I want to ask you when it comes to developing your authentic voice is what were some of the things that were challenges for you? Like, what did you feel came as a resistance to you being able to use your authentic voice. I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but sometimes I have found myself 
saying or responding in a way. And I'm like, this is not really the way that I want to respond. Mm -hmm. But maybe in that particular season, I did not have the tools to do something else. Mm -hmm. I'll use this as an example. I remember I used to have a real problem with being able to communicate when I was angry. And my mom, <laughs> God bless her. I love her. I've been shouting her out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I remember my mom, like whenever she would get mad, she would go from zero to hero, baby. We was going to be in the rafters. We yelling. It's an explosion. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Yeah. And in my observation as a child, I never felt like where she was coming from was really communicated properly. Right. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I always thought it was a shame because I'm like, you are spending all of this energy and effort, but nobody really understands what your problem is. Yeah. Right. Mm. And I grew up and even though I was able to identify that I grew up and I realized that I didn't know another way either. So when I got mad, I would either do that. But because I felt like that wasn't right, what I ended up doing was just shutting down all the way. So okay. I don't want to be yelling and I don't want to be screaming. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to say nothing. Yeah, I'm just going to be quiet. Right, which is not helpful. It's not. It's not helpful. Yeah. So I had to, it wasn't until I got around other people who I got to witness have conversations when they were angry mm -hmm. and learn from them and all of those things to be able to shift the way that I communicated and add some tools to my toolbox so that I could find my authentic voice. I had identified a problem, but I didn't identify the solution. I didn't have the tool in my toolbox yet to solve the problem. I just saw the problem. <laughs> yeah. So how about you? Like when you were trying to find your voice, what were some things that were resistance to you along the way? Well, I tell you what, I remember feeling very uncomfortable. And that was the thing that really held me back when I was trying to really, you know, find out who I am and start walking in it. It was really uncomfortable. And we were talking about this earlier. I really started to feel that when we moved out here, it was like, you know, I love Bermuda and, and I love the people and everything, but I'm just going to be honest, like it's two different cultures, you know, where I come Say from. Say two different. There are two different cultures. Two different. My God. Lashana, <laughs> say two different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling two you, different. I, I struggled in that area because- I saw, you know, what was accepted and I saw the way that things were done, but I was like, that's not me. And, you know, if I can even be more transparent on tonight and, oh, he won't mind, my husband won't mind because, you know, in Bermuda, y'all, please don't get offended, but this is just my reality. This is what I went through and I'm not downing you in any type of way. But when I came here, you know, because it was more of like a, a British type of feel, you know, the way that the first ladies dressed, it was different from where I came from, you know, like where I came from, you know, first ladies and female preachers or whatever, they dressed up, but it wasn't like to the nines like this. And so I remember women at my church, they would like buy me suits and it was like suits that had like rhinestones on it, Candace. And I would put it on and I would be like, this is not me. Like I would feel like a 68 year old woman. And I was like, what, like 29 at the time. And I'm like, Lord have mercy. This is not me. But my husband, he was like, look, this is how we do it down here. And I was like, okay, I'll go along with it because I want to respect your country. But then there came a day where I was like, look, I was like, this is not working. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know who I am. I don't know where I fit in. And I can't make it like this because if I keep going like this, I'm going to shut down and you about to feel my wrath. <laughs> That's basically, you know, Mercy. how it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to shut completely down and I don't mean anything by it, but I can't 
live in somebody. It's equivalent to Saul trying to put his armor on David. It's like, this is not working. This is too big for me. This doesn't fit. And so I had a conversation with my husband and I told him, I said, look, this is not who I am. When you met me, like this was my style. Like, yes, I'll respect your culture. You know, I love the people. I love the way, you know, how they dress up and the beautiful hats and all that stuff. But, you know, I cannot transform into that just to fit in. Like if you can't accept me for who I am, then maybe we don't need to be together. Meaning mm -hmm. like not me and him. I'm talking about mm -hmm. Lord have mercy. Y'all think I'm talking to my husband. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if the culture, if the people can't accept like me maybe for this who isn't I am, the place for me. Yes, this mm -hmm. is not the place for me. You know, we had that conversation and we came to an agreement. And at that moment, that's when I began to start feeling comfortable in my skin. Yeah. One of the things I want to pull out about your story that I think is important, and I think it applies yeah. to more situations than just that. And number one, thank you for being transparent because, you know, it's hard yeah. in these streets. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things that I love that you said is that, you suppressed your authentic voice yes. out of deference. Like yeah. I honor this culture. I love this culture. I love the people. And so because yeah. of that, I am not going to be my authentic self. Yeah. And I believe that there's a lot of people who feel that way, who feel yeah, like in order for me to express honor, I cannot be myself. And yeah. I'm telling you, similar to the story that Pastor Chanel just brought up, David could not tap into his success. That was ultimately the success for the nation, was the success for all of the children of Israel until he was true to who he was. And I'm not saying true to the version of comfort that he had. He was true to the way that God was using him and true to what God put on the inside of him, right? And so I wanna encourage somebody tonight that's listening, are you being true to the voice of God on the inside of you? Or are you trading honor for the truth of God's voice in you? Because here's the thing. Again, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, our authentic voice is his voice on the inside of us. And so if I'm choosing to honor people or honor culture or honor anything to the compromise of that, I'm not just compromising my own voice. I'm compromising his voice. Yeah. Right. And yeah, so yeah. it's harder to make that differentiation until we align ourselves with his voice. If I haven't aligned myself with his voice, then it just looks like it's a preference. Well, I want to go yeah. this way and you guys want me to go this way. But that's not it. If I have aligned myself, if I'm sensitive to the voice of God on the inside of me, then I've got a responsibility to the integrity of the voice of God on the inside of me. And I've got to be that. Yes. Yes. That's so good. Because I remember feeling like, man, like I feel like I'm about to burst because it's like I recognize my uniqueness after mm -hmm. a while. And it's like when you suppress the giftings that God has given you, or when you suppress your authenticity, you don't understand how that can affect others. You might not see it at that moment, but God has made you who you are for somebody. Somebody needs your uniqueness. Somebody needs your voice. You know, whether if you're a teacher, whether if you're a preacher, whether if you're a businesswoman, somebody needs to see that side of you. And if you suppress it, like you never know how that can affect somebody that's watching you. I often tell people this story. A while back, years ago, we were training for the 24th of May marathon. Don't ask me why we did that. Y'all know that it had to have been the Lord's leading. There it goes again, the Lord's voice. We had to obey, right? So I'm out there, calf muscles burning, and I'm running. We're doing training, heel training, and I'm thinking to myself, like, God, I just want to stop. Like, this is tough. I've never done anything like this. But then I began to start hearing the pitter patter of another woman's feet running behind me. And I didn't even know that she was back there. But immediately when I heard her feet, God told me, he said, you cannot stop because this woman, she's going because she sees that you're going. 
And the moment that you quit, it's going to cause her to quit. And so I remember like it gave me even more strength and gave me even more of a push. And we went over, y'all know that big hill that leads to National Stadium. I was able to go up that hill nonstop for no other reason than because I knew that it was somebody behind me that was depending on my push, that was depending on my uniqueness. And so somebody out there needs to know tonight that the longer that you suppress your uniqueness, the longer that you suppress your authenticity, you have no clue how you are causing other people to suppress theirs, how you are causing other people to stop pushing and to stop progressing. It's so true. It's so true. And the fact, I love how you highlighted that it was this person's need for you to keep going that pushed you to remain faithful. And sometimes because we're not being authentic, we don't feel the energy that comes from people that are being fed by our authenticity. And when people are fed by our authenticity, that becomes fuel for us to stay faithful. It's a reason, like there's a reason why I had to go through what I had to go through. There's a reason why I am the way that I am and it's benefiting somebody. But if who I am isn't benefiting anybody, then like I'm not living in truth. They don't get to live in truth. And it's the truth that makes us all free. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We've got to tap into the truth of who we are. And I would say this, give each other space and a safe place to explore who they are, right? Because too often times we try to come out the gate and nail it at the first time, nail it at the first try, right? Finding yourself and finding your voice is a lifelong process. Yes. And there are some aspects of your voice that you will never tap into until you experience a particular thing or a particular season in life. Come on here. Right. And so giving yourself the chance to grow, this is exactly the purpose of this podcast. And this is exactly the purpose of these conversations because growth takes time. It takes time. And too many of us, we just want to be done growing. But the Bible says that we don't finish growing. The Bible says that the objective of our life is to be transformed into the image of his dear son. Come on. So every bit of our growth is towards the goal of transformation to be more and more like Jesus. And Mm -hmm. we will never reach the point of ultimate transformation on this Mm -hmm. side of heaven. So Mm -hmm. we might as well resolve that growth is going to be a part of our life forever. Forever. (laughs) I am always a student. That's it. That's it. And so many of us, we just get frustrated. We just want to stick in. We want to nail it. I just want to be me. I just want to whatever, whatever. And what happens is our voice is underdeveloped and it's immature. And it doesn't help. It doesn't help to the degree that it really could. Right. So one of the things that Pastor Chanel and I were talking about in preparation is that sometimes we will go through things and our voice will still ring of the pain of what we went through. It doesn't ring of the wisdom that we gained from what we went through. It rings of the pain the pain. Right. But we think that we're being authentic to ourselves because we are telling the story of what we went through. There is no value in your story until you've extracted the wisdom. Come on. Because we all have stories, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, what the Lord desires to do with our words is really share and pass down the legacy of what Christ can do through a life submitted to him. And we cannot pass on the legacy of Christ without the wisdom of the hard times that we've experienced. Otherwise, they're just hard times. And everybody has those. Everybody has them. Yeah, that's so good. The scripture that comes to mind when you were talking is when Paul said, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. But before he goes there, he starts to talk about how he lets go of everything that's behind him. And he focuses on everything that is ahead of him. And like you said, you know, when you have gone through trauma and when you have gone through the fire, when you've just gone through hard times in life, it's imperative that we come to a place where we allow God to show us why we went through And let me tell you something that can be very difficult because while you're going through it and it's hurting, a lot of times you can find yourself asking the Lord, like, 
Lord, what is going on? Like, why are you doing this to me? And not so much, you know, God, why are you doing this to me? I don't deserve it. But really our prayer should be, okay, God, what's going to come from this? Come on. Where are you going to take me from this? Come on. Who, who are you going to give me the ability to affect because I made it through this? The Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by and the, the word, word of, of their, their testimony. testimony. That's yes. right. That's right. I love that you said that. We were actually having a conversation about that today during our prayer call. And wow. one of the things we brought out is that a lot of times we are asking God the wrong question. Mm. Why me mm. is not the appropriate question it's to not. ask, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's what not. ends up happening is that when I go through something that's hard, the fact of the matter is the Bible tells us that persecution comes after the word of God. So when a word Come has on. been spoken into your life, and this is exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about being able to identify your authentic voice, your which authentic is goodness. a word of God. This yes. is the word from the Lord that's in your belly. When there is a word from the Lord that is in your belly, the Bible says like clockwork, the enemy comes for that word. That's what it says. Okay. It's not like he may, he may not. We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's coming. For yes. that word that is yeah. in your belly. And the problem yeah. is what happens is when the enemy comes to us because we have not resolved, that is mm. just the way that things work, that the enemy's going to come for that word. Come on. We're like, what is this? Yes. Why is this yeah. happening to me? We take the persecution of the word personal. Come on. God, why is this happening to me? It shouldn't be happening to me. Why do I always have to go through this? Oh, why, 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 why? And the Lord is like, you're asking the wrong question. Come on. You're asking the wrong question. Persecution's gonna come. I already told you that. Yes. Okay. But the question is, God, what can I extract out of this? How can I position myself to short circuit what the enemy is trying to do? Right? So when yeah. you ask better questions, you get better answers. And some of Come us on. are not getting answers from God because we're not asking the right questions. Hello. That's the basic principle of life. Ask yes, better questions. I was ask talking to Pastor Jay the other night and I said, you know, I can always tell when somebody is really, if they have gathered the information and they're processing it correctly because they'll have questions. If I go through a list of information that's new to somebody and I say, do you have any questions? And they're like, nope. I can guarantee yeah. I'm gonna have to say that whole thing again. Yes, again. <laughs> I already know, yes. right? Because yes. you're showing me that your brain is not putting the information in a sequence. You're not trying to mm. make sense of it so that yeah, you can yes. apply it, right? Yes. When you are ingesting data and you are making sense of it, your brain automatically is like, well, what about this? Well, I wonder mm. if this, well, if I do it this way, then this, right? Too many times we are experiencing things, but we're not thinking about it. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ, but I need somebody to know that we haven't yet tapped into the mind of Christ because all we want to do is feel. Come on, come on, <laughs> come on. Yes. Somebody needs yes. to start asking better questions. God, yeah, yeah. what do you want to come out of my life? Why am I going through this? For what purpose? For what purpose? Not why me. Yeah. But what is the goal? What's the goal? Because if I know the goal, if I can see where, if I see the mark, then I can press toward it. And you know, this is a message for mature saints. Like this is such a mature message. And I love what you said earlier, Pastor Candice, you know, it's hard for us to ask these kind of questions because this is the part of Christianity that we don't want nothing to do with. But when you go back and you read your word, and I love that scripture, I believe it's in, in Matthew 13, where it talks about how when the word is planted, the evil one, he'll come for the word. You know, we have to understand that as believers because, and this is the reason why the Bible talks about that we should always have on the whole armor of God come on, because it prophesies a battle. You know, that's just the way that it is. But one thing about warfare, warfare, it will mold you and it makes you, it prepares you and it creates the purpose and the word that God has placed on the inside of you. Like it perfects that thing. And you will never discover who you are until you go through warfare and you win. That's so right though. That's the Bible calls it, it a refining fire. Come and when on. we come out, we come out as pure gold. But yes. we want to sit on the couch 
and then come out as pure gold. (laughs) We want to be on vacation and then come on out as pure gold. And the Lord's like, that is not the way that I perfect mankind. Yeah. It's not the way that I do it. Yeah. There is a price. Oil is going to cost something. It's not free. You're going to have to go through something. You're going to go, you're going to walk through fires, fires with an S. You know, I would love for it to be a one-time fire and then we get it (laughs) and we're ready, but it's many fires that we're going to have to go through. But what people need to understand is that he will always be with you in the fire. He'll never let you get completely destroyed, meaning like, oh, kill you off this earth. He's going to kill your flesh, but he's not going to kill you. (laughs) Right, right. And I love the way that you said it. Scripture tells us to put on the whole armor. One thing that we know about God is that he does not waste his words. He's not going to tell you to put on an armor because it's a cute outfit. He said, put on the armor because you're going to need armor. (laughs) It's a battle, right? He says he refines us as a refiner's fire. Why? Because we're going to experience fire. And that's the only way to bring out the integrity of what God put on the inside of us. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. right. So we're too often. We can't tap into our authentic voice because we keep trying to avoid the hard things. This is it. So it's That's like, well, you know, well, some, I, you know, I was going to say what the Lord had told me to say, but then they looked at me funny. So I ain't going to say it. Oh, okay. Great. Oh, yeah. All right. That's awesome. So it doesn't take yeah. much for the Lord not to be able to count on you. Just a dirty. Come look. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we got people preaching in the comments. Hold on a second. Okay. okay. Oh, <laughs> Let me yeah. look and see. <laughs> Mercy. Come on. That's right. I see Miss Avery Emery. She says truth and ask him to strengthen us as we go through the fire. That's right. The Lord will strengthen us. The objective of our life is to build endurance. He has already promised us that the fire is not going to kill us. It's not going to kill what is meant Come to on. last. Yes. There is something in us that is built to stand the fire and everything else that's not built to stand the fire can go and should go. It should go. (laughs) Now we just have to prepare ourselves for that. (laughs) Yeah. And let me tell you something. That's not easy because you didn't know the majority of the time, the stuff that leaves in the fire the majority of the time you thought that it was going to be with you always. And so when it goes, it can kind of leave you scratching your Hello? head. Like, Wait a minute. I thought that that was going to be with me always. Yes. So, yeah. That's a conversation for mature folk. That's the truth. That's the truth. Cause we yeah. think that there are things that the things that need to be burned up are the things, the baggage that we've picked up along the way. Um, oh, you know, it was a bad relationship. Burn that in the yeah, fire. Yeah. I don't need that. You know, it was a bad friendship. Burn that in the fire. No, 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 no. The Bible says yeah, we are no, shaped no. in iniquity. We are mm. in a form that is contorted. That is against the form that he desires for us to be in. And yeah, sometimes yeah. that fire is used to make us malleable so that he can shape us. That's why he says we are the clay and he is the potter, potter. right? So some of the the fire is used to burn some things away. The fire is used to form us into the image that he desires. That fire has more purposes than just the one. So there are some things that we're fine to let go in the fire, but the Lord is doing more than just that in the fire. That's why there's more than one. (laughs) he like we ain't done (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly right and we'd be like we not done we done yeah wait a minute i'm going back in wait a minute (laughs) but honestly listen to me guys and i don't know i like watching stories about warriors and stuff like that because that is the thing that builds camaraderie when all Mm -hmm. of us are going through the fire when all of us are being refined when all of us you know raising through the ranks because the lord is counting us faithful and we're like god you know whatever i gotta do to be pleasing before you if you find anything that's not right take it out of me like when all of us are of one mind can you imagine what sense of togetherness and the power of worship that we can tap into when every Body is like, nevertheless, yes. not my will, but your will, will be done. Yes. I love the scripture in Romans 12, 1. I beseech ye, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present yourselves as a living, living sacrifice, sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. When I tell you, you know, we've read that scripture so many times, but one day I want to say like about three years ago when I was going through the fire and I was fighting, okay, because it was tough because stuff was, God was shedding things off of my life that I never thought that I would have to let go of. Like, I thought that it was time for this and God was like, no, not yet. I thought that this was the thing that he wanted me to go with. And God was like, no, that's not the path I want you to take. And I was fighting his will for my life. And I was trying to get things to go in the way that I wanted. And I sat down and I read that scripture. And when I found, I sat down and I read that scripture and that was the day that I just fully submitted to the Lord. And I said, God, I will be your sacrifice. And if that means that if you have to take anything else out of my life, I'm gonna let you take it. I'm gonna stop fighting you. I'm gonna stop fighting your will because I know at the end of the day, you are preparing me for a place. You are preparing me for a people and you want your glory to flow through my life. And if anything is hindering that, your glory won't be able to flow to the fullness that you desire it to. And I'm telling you, when I let go and finally gave it all over to God, peace, the peace that passes all understanding, like it flooded my heart. That scripture is so amazing because the Bible, it starts off by saying, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. In other words, no matter what my answer is from heaven. Come no on. What my response is from heaven. You need to show thanksgiving. If my response is yes, be thankful. If my response is no, be thankful. And then it says, Ooh. and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I'm telling you, these are the scriptures I had to keep reading over and over again while walking through the fire, while, while God was trying to bring the authenticity out yes. of my life. I had to keep quoting those scriptures day by day. I'm yes. telling you, woo, Lord yes. have mercy. I'm, listen, there is no way that we can tap into the authenticity of God, the authenticity of yes. this life, Come on. Outside of being a living sacrifice. Yes. There is no yeah. way. There's the no fact way. of the matter is we don't have anything that great to say. Yes. <laughs> My God, you've done it Listen, again. we're smart. <laughs> Girl power, guy power. Yeah. All, yeah. Listen, all we don't have anything that great to say. We could string together the most beautiful, most eloquent sequence of words that we could possibly muster, but yeah. none of it is going to benefit mankind to the degree that our yes will do. Come on. Oh, Lord have mercy. So the fact of the matter is we got to determine like, what are we doing? Are we following yeah. him or not? Jesus. Come on, pastor. Like seriously. Yeah. Because some of us, we want God to use us just so that we could be put on. Come on. Robosa. Listen, there ain't no shade. But no we just got to be honest with ourselves. This is why the Lord says that I don't look at the outside, but I judge the heart. He says, I get in between that thing, between the joint Come and the on. marrow. Why? Because there's a truth that exists in the heart of man that will never show to the naked eye. Oof. Yes, yes. My God. He says that there are people that say, Lord, Lord, and their hearts are far from me. The Lord is yeah. not confused about the fickleness of mankind. He said in yeah. the end, people will say, God, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out devils in your name? And he yeah. will say, depart from me. Mm. I never knew you. Yeah. So Good the Lord. fact of the matter is there is a measure of success that you can achieve by utilizing the name of Jesus Christ, because the name of Jesus Christ has a power that is inherent to itself. Yes. But yeah. there is a power that you can walk in that comes from relationship. You cannot get that through the back door. Yes. Come on. Come on, sis. This is it. There's no substitution there for a relationship no. with God. Yeah, yeah. And you cannot achieve authenticity without relationship with God. Yeah, it is necessary. It no is human necessary. can. Now no you can human. come up with a version of something else, yeah. but it's not yeah. authentic. 
It could be curated beautifully, but it ain't authentic. That's it. And it's crazy because I find that in today's generation, a lot of people, they will look at your life and they will say that you're authentic because you have a huge social media following or because, you know, you have like a lot of views on your video, but that don't make you authentic because a lot of people, they go to school for that and they know the right taglines to use, the right hashtags to use. They know the right equipment to use in order to catch people's eye, but that does not make you authentic. And it's crazy because you have a lot of people out here that are wolves in sheep's clothing, that are hiding behind different titles and they have a huge following and people would never detect, they'll never detect that this person ain't walked through fire one day in their life. They have not yet, you know, accepted the fact that they're supposed to be a living sacrifice. They don't have no relationship for the Lord. They have skill, they have a gift in. And so we have to be very, very careful. The Bible says that narrow is the way that leads to life, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. And so you have to understand that what we're talking to you guys about, this is not popular. It's not the popular topic. Who wants to be a sacrifice on the altar all the time? You know, that's not something that you quickly say yes to because that means that you're going to have to pay a price. You're going to go through some things that, you know, you weren't anticipating that you would ever go through when you first stepped into ministry or when you first got saved. You didn't say, okay, Lord, you know, you can have your way in my family and do whatever you want to do. You know, I'm open. You know, we didn't come to the Lord like that. And so you have to understand that this comes with the territory. You better believe it. For the mature. Yeah. It comes, <laughs> listen, there isn't another way. It there isn't. isn't another way. You said one thing I got to touch on and then I got to come back to this, but you yeah, said yeah. it, you said it. And this is the <laughs> truth about it. A lot of times we want to say, oh, I have the gift of discernment. I have the come gift on. of discernment. Do you know what sharpens the gift of discernment on the inside of you. Come on. I know what burning flesh smells like. <laughs> Cause I didn't already been through it. Come so on. when I see somebody in front of me, I could be like, Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Ain't no juice on that. Cause I know what it looks like to be a sacrifice. Cause I've been yes. one. I am Come one. On. Yes. Right. So I don't just I'm not walking around here like, you know what I mean? Giving my no, 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 no. You want to talk about people that flow in discernment? No. The reason why, you know, is because you know what it is to walk through the fire. You know what it is to cry out to the Lord when everything in you wants to do the opposite. And you say, not my will, but your will. You know what that looks like. You know what that feels like. And I know what it looks like in others. Yes. I'm telling you, people come to Christian communities because they think it's an easier way to get put on. Yes, this is because it. Because who's going to know, right? Who's going to know yeah. that me and the Lord aren't walking so close if I can sing real good? Who's going to know if I keep showing up, if I can huck and buck like the rest of them? Who's going to know? But I tell you what, the Lord knows. He does. Yes, he does. And you're not fooling as many people as you think. Thank you. You are not fooling as many people as you think. It's not just the Lord that knows. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We know it too. Hi, hello. Hi, hello. Listen, just because people are not saying something to you directly does not mean that everybody is fooled. And it really is like, it really is an opportunity. Like it's the goodness of the Lord. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Right. It's the fact that he's not blowing your spot up that he's like, come on now. Don't just don't just imitate it. Get over on that fire and stop playing around with it. Yes. Stop playing around with it. Like there is nothing better that you can do with your life than to be a sacrifice for the Lord. I promise you. I promise you. It's the hardest, best thing. Yeah. Yeah. The hardest, best thing. It's the hardest, best thing. If you want your life to be more about, if you want your life to be about something more than you, it's the only way. And sometimes we want to camp out in other places. We want to, you know, we want to camp out. We'll camp out in charity. Oh, I just want to help people. I just want to do this. But charity is not the same as ministry. Yes. Come on here, somebody. 
So it's like, oh, you know, I want to help people that are less fortunate. I want to listen. When you are ministering to people, you are ministering to God first. You are serving yeah. the Lord with your life. And if yeah. you are not serving the Lord with your life, you are not serving people to, in the manner in which God needs you to serve. Right, right. If you've got all these limitations for God, I can tell you God is not getting everything that he needs out of you. And a lot of times yeah. we're like, but God, you know, you know, you know. He's like, I do know. I do yeah. know your heart. I do know that the heart of man is sinfully wicked. Yeah. <laughs> and you yeah. don't want to say yes. Yeah, that's it right there. Mercy. Jesus. Pastor Jay said, Jesus. authenticity will survive the test of pressure and fire. Authenticity is not just uniqueness. That's a good point. Authenticity yeah. can stand the test of time and pressure. I love that you said that because again, the objective is for us to endure. The Bible says this is a race and it's not endure. given to the swift and it's yes. not given to the strong. It's given to the yeah. ones that can endure. That's another thing that the fire does. Yeah. It creates yeah. in us a longevity. Yes. Like yeah. too many people have just been a flash in the pan. They Come peaked on. two years in. Where else you going? Yeah. <laughs> Where are you going to yeah. go after that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ever yeah. know people in high school and they peaked in high school and then after that it was like, oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Lord's what like, I need thing? you to live this thing for your whole life. Exactly. Yes, girl. Mercy. Endure hardship like a good soldier. I That's what it. he said. Endure it. Yeah. Yeah. Endure it. Yeah. Man, such yeah. a great conversation tonight, Pastor Chanel. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Thank you for having me, girl. Thank you for having me. What this hour has flown by. I'm telling you. <laughs> what in the world? I'm thinking it's just 930, you know. Oh, my God. It's 1003. It was just 949 when I looked last. This hour yeah. has flown by. Thank you all for watching with us and staying with us. Thank you guys for all of the comments in here. Listen, y'all done preached us all. We all preaching. I'm okay. telling you, the Everybody. Lord is doing something really, really special this day and age. And I hope that this word is encouraging to you. I hope that it encourages you to tap into a level of authenticity that maybe you are just aspiring to. Yes. I'm telling yeah. you. The Lord has something amazing for you. And there are so many people, I believe this, that there are so many people who have been hiding in the shadows, afraid to use their voice, not realizing that you have been called for such a time as this. There are too yeah. many people that are like Jeremiah, who they have the word of God in them and it's like fire shut up in their bones and Come they're sharing here. it with their close friends, but they're not sharing it with everybody that needs to hear it. So I want to yeah. encourage you, number one, to trust the God in you. Trust Come the on. fact that he is prompting you to open up your mouth and realize right. that with the prompting, he trusts you to steward over the thing that he has given you. Yes. yes. I pray that you are blessed by it and that you are encouraged and that you know that we are rooting you on. We are. Use your words. Use yes, your words girl. to bless. Use your words to encourage, use your words to build up the body of Christ. Lord knows we need it. Yeah. We yeah. need it. Two announcements, two very, very special announcements we have for you guys tonight. Pastor Chanel, I'm going to put the graphics up and you can do all the talking you want to do. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, here we go. Hey, so guys, God is so faithful. Starting tomorrow, September 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time, I'm going to be launching my very first podcast. Wednesdays are for women. If you have not subscribed, you can go ahead and head over to Apple Podcasts. It's also on TuneIn Radio and it's on Spotify as well. Hit that subscribe button. It's for free. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and you're going to hear messages on there that are definitely going to uplift your spirit and encourage you. And so I'm excited. I have a heart for women. I have a heart to speak and to minister to women that are entrepreneurs, women preachers, just women in leadership, period. And so I'm excited about what this season is going to bring. Amen, amen. And one more announcement. 
yes September's been a big month. September has been a month of birth. And, and so I'm so excited to announce that my second song, I'm going to be releasing an EP on October the 2nd. It will be available on every platform, on every digital platform for you to download. And the name of it is called Psalms 42. Y'all, I am so excited about this one. It's crazy because about five years ago, we actually recorded this song right here in Bermuda. And God said that it's finally time to release it to the public. So I'm excited. Definitely be support and be supportful and download that on October the 2nd. Hallelujah. All right. All right. Well, all thank you again for joining us tonight and we will see you again next week, Tuesday at nine o'clock. Pastor Chanel, I love you, girl. Have a great night. Love you too, girl. Yes, you too. Thanks for listening to the Growth and Greatness podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to make sure you never miss a new episode. And follow me on social media at Candice Lamb. That's C-A-N-D-I-C-E-L-A-M-B-E. To catch the replay of this live show, check out my channel, Rain Life Entertainment, on YouTube. That's R-E-I-G-N, Life Entertainment on YouTube.